Welcome back to Country and Cold Cans. As always, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle. Uh, make sure you go follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, and uh, go on over to Spotify. Click subscribe on that. Go on and follow us also on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a great review. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by our sister podcast, Miserable and Reckless. You can find that anywhere where podcasts are available, most notably Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, Amazon. Make sure you check that out. If you are a fan of ACC Athletics, Southern Sports, Southern Culture, that's the podcast for you. So make sure you check out Miserable and Reckless. All right, Andy, Kyle, how's it going, buddy? Oh, we're hanging in there. Kicking it. Kicking it. Where you at, Andy? Oh, Kingdom City, Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Missouri. Is it on the eastern or the western side of Missouri? Uh, it's, pr- it's pretty much central. It's oh. not too far out of Columbia. Okay. Interesting. An Solid. SEC country down there. It, yeah. Uh, the SEC's ever expanding footprint. Yep. Before you know it, Texas and Oklahoma will be SEC country. Yeah, they will in what, <laughs> 2025 now? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, start things off with the other week. Uh, it was a Tuesday night about two or three weeks ago. The I saw a show. I decided to go last minute. Saw a show uh, at the Ritz here in Raleigh. It's a, a venue that holds anywhere, depending on the act, from like 1,500 to 2,500 people. And um, Andy, you and I actually saw Turnpike there. We saw Co Wetzel there. Um, Kyle, I don't know if you've ever been to the Ritz, but you should go to that venue if you haven't at some point. Where right did now. we see American Aquarium at? That was Lincoln Theater. Lincoln Theater, okay. Yeah, uh, the Ritz is about twice the size of Lincoln. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. in North Raleigh. Only twice as big? Uh, it's, they, it's, like I said, it's two and a half. I would have said like then. three or four. I, I would have just, it uh, just by Lincoln, I, Lincoln holds eyeball. just under a thousand. I guess okay. Lincoln, though, packs people under that balcony, too, and it makes it yeah, they do. seem smaller to the yeah. eyeball. Yeah, those are my two favorite venues in Raleigh, actually. Lincoln, number one, the Ritz, number two. But uh, yeah, it like the only two. No, there's also Poorhouse if you want to get to a really small show. That place is cool. It's where BJ Barham got married, actually. <laughs> the Poorhouse or the Whorehouse? The, <laughs> <laughs> the Poorhouse with a P. The and poor, it, spe- okay. it smelled like poor, P O U R, like poor a beer. Uh, okay. Kyle's, yeah. Kyle's been in Nevada a few too many times. Just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an interesting name for a. a, a a place of business, the whorehouse. <laughs> if it works, it works, you know? Yeah, if it works, it works. I don't know what kind of clientele you might be getting, but... You yeah, know. you might, might be inviting the wrong type of clientele. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, so yeah, the Ritz. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Zach Bryan was in town here in Raleigh. I'm a uh, passive fan of Zach Bryan throughout the last like year or so. He's had some songs I really, really like, um, but I, I wanted to kind of really go see him in concert because it's really been one of those things that the young crowd dude, and it was confirmed by being at the show. The young crowd absolutely loves this guy. Like the folks at college age on up to about 22, 23, because the show, the, the billing for the show, uh, Charles Wesley Godwin opened up. Definitely check him out. I think he just had a record drop. Um, he's a fantastic artist. He, that was a really good set he put on. Then BJ Barham actually was the middle act as an acoustic uh, said he was kind of a last minute addition that Zach contacted him asking him if he would um, come on the billing for that night. So that was cool. I, it, it was funny because you could tell that a lot of the Zach Bryan fans didn't really know who BJ was. And then BJ gets up there with just his cherry red uh, Gibson guitar. And the first song he goes into was unfortunate con, probably one of the saddest <laughs> songs that he has. And they're all just kind of looking around, but then it kind of picked up from there. He played some of the quote unquote American aquarium hits that people were kind of, and then BJ is really good at like in between song banter. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he kind of engaged the crowd a little bit more there and people, I was kind of looking around. Some people were like, okay, you know, I kind of dig this. And I kept telling everybody, I was like, you got to see the full band. I said, he's a good artist, but the band behind him makes it so much more of a fun show. But then Zach Bryan came on and I got to say, man, I came away really impressed, uh, with Zach show. He is now touring full time cause he's fulfilled his commitments to the U S Navy. So he's a full-time touring musician and um, it went through, you know, I, I knew some of the songs because like I said, I've been a passive fan for a while, but everyone there knew every single word, every single song. That place was nuts, dude. Like the, the young kids, they love him. Um, he's definitely doing something right because he's got 
the very fervent fan support that, you know, it, Andy, it reminded me of the way we were about five years ago when Turnpike came to town. <laughs> it's like, this is almost like their Turnpike. Five hmm. years ago? So Whenever the first time was. we ever went? Mm, five years ago, it was like 2017 now, 2016. That was when we saw them at the Ritz. We first went in 2014 or 15. Yeah, I thought that was like 18 or 19 when we saw them there. Yeah, it could have been, but the date doesn't matter at this point. In the past. Uh, in the past, but... When they def- still existed. Definitely recommend going to see a Zach Bryan show. Um, like I said, good show. The crowd was really engaged, and I got to talk to him for um, you know five, ten minutes after the show. He he took the time. He settled there in the freezing cold weather to talk to his fans near the bus, so good on him for that, man, because it's it's always cool to see an artist be able to uh, be willing to sit out there and talk to you know the people that are actually... I guess supporting them. So I, I'm glad to hear that. Cause I always, I remember hearing BJ tell stories about Chase Rice and them not wanting to talk to fans whenever they incidentally played a show together back a long time ago. But, uh, but yeah, good on Zach Bryan. All right. Moving into a pretty contentious topic. It, um, it seems because we haven't done an episode in a little while. I had a wisdom teeth surgery recently, and then we also had just some other stuff going on that we, we haven't recorded in a while. But now we're back, and October 4th, there was a news article talking about concert COVID policy. And Live Nation and AEG are two of the biggest like concert um, promoters out there. Most of the venues that are not places like Lincoln Theater are all run by Live Nation. So... Essentially, they updated their their uh, COVID policies to now any concert venue. Reading the article now from um, the it's a Charlotte affiliate uh, live five news dot com saying that beginning October fourth, any concert venue run by Live Nation is requiring proof of COVID nineteen vaccination or proof of a negative COVID nineteen test before seeing a show. So, essentially, what that means is if you want to go to a show that the Ritz is one of those shows because I had to do this to go see Zach Bryan and them. You have to have proof of vaccination from either a Moderna, Pfizer, J&J shot or a negative test within the last like 48 to 72 hours. So essentially they're asking you to show your papers now on on that. But the, the weird thing is like the before we get into our opinions, I mean, like the it seems like that the vaccinated people don't have to take a test. But. Yeah, and I mean, that's <clears throat> well. As somebody who has to take weekly tests at work, <clears throat> uh, it's really easy to spoof. Um, but I say that speaking, I just log into my health chart through the healthcare provider here. It doesn't have a name on it or anything. I could easily screenshot this and send it to every one of you. Yeah. And, you know, you just pull it up and it just uh, it doesn't have a name. All it has is a date. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I could get I could get a hundred people in. It's really easy to spoof. Yeah. Uh, so does it really does it really do that much? Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, and when I went to that Zach Bryan show, I mean, it, it's not like that they're really looking that hard because no. it's just too many people, you know, oh, to be able and to I do remember, that. And I remember when you this summer you came by one evening and I was watching Limp Biscuit at Lollapalooza. Yeah, and Lollapalooza required. Identification, uh, you know, identification, COVID vaccination status to get in, and they were, just, and they panned over to the poor security people at the gate, yeah. and people were just holding the notebook paper. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So I mean, are they really enforcing it? No, those people don't really care. They're just getting a check and they're going home. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I mean it's funny because like the there have been a lot of different artist reactions to it. Um, the for instance. Jason Isbell was one of the early adopters of, yeah, I know, right? It's yeah. a shocker. He was yeah. a very early adopter on this. But Jason Isbell was an early adopter on this, and he was very much in favor of doing these things to the point that he even had like a, uh, a kind of like a run-in, so to speak, with one of the venues that he had a show planned before this was made mandatory. And they, the, what, by my understanding, the venue didn't necessarily have the ability and that short of notice to be able to institute this, implement this. And yeah. that caused some issues with Isbel and the, and the promoter. I'm not taking a side on it. I have my personal opinions on it, but I'm not taking a side on it, but that show got canceled. 
but ISPL has been very, very vocal about wanting to require vaccination proof and everything. I think a little bit of that's just more so him virtue signaling. Uh, virtue signaling his vaccination stuff more than anything. But then you, on the flip side, you have bands like the Steelwoods, right? They were, they were very vocal at the very beginning about letting, um, canceling any show that required a three vaccination doors down proof. As well. Three doors down as well. Cause I actually didn't get to go to the co Wetzel three doors down show because of that. And, um, they were one of the first ones like that said they're not going to work with venues while this is going on. One of the more big time names of it has been Travis Tritt. Travis Tritt has said that he's not doing that, which again, Travis Tritt, it's like shocker, right? It's like, he's the, the anti Jason Isbell in this regard. He's <laughs> about as right wing as yeah. it gets. And Isbell's about as left wing as it gets, but, but yeah, like tr- Travis Tritt's canceling a lot of his shows and everything. And if and, I'm being uh, honest, if I'm being honest, Ranger I think Smith is too. Is he? I know he's canceled shows over it. Well, if I'm being honest, I think that there are a lot more artists out there that are um, wanting that don't agree with it, but they're just they they have to make money to pay for the uh, the you know pay their crew because they have people yeah, that depend uh, on them. Like like Kip Morris, one that has yeah, been kind of that's exactly what I was about to sli- say. Sidestepping it a little bit, yeah. I thought I mean, what Kip said was pretty good though, in the in the sense of he's like. He's like more of I just wish this wasn't the scenario we've been put in. But he's like, he's like, we gotta play. He's like, I've got to we've got families to feed. Yep. You know, he's like, we've got to play, but he's like, he's like, I don't he's like, I just I just don't I wish we weren't in the situation, is basically what he said. Oh yeah. I mean, I think everybody would probably wish that we weren't in this situation. I know there are probably some ex- extreme cases on either side that uh would maybe maybe kind of relishes the the issues at hand, but I, I look, I just think that it's all a little bit ridiculous. Um, before we get into our personal opinions on it, I do want to play a, a clip for you guys. Um, Grady Smith, one of my favorite uh, country music commentators, his channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He spoke about this um, maybe earlier this week, last week, something like that. So um, play a little clip from his show here where he talks about this. And I think he kind of succinctly talks about what's going on. What do I think about all this stuff? Well, I agree that it's not my business what you do with your body. I agree with the Steel Woods that I am uh, not anti-vaccine, but I'm very much anti-mandate. I feel like America is a pretty fat and pretty old country, and the people that most need the vaccine are the elderly or the immunocompromised. And so for a lot of people, I bet it's a great idea. At the same time, I think it's very silly to require young people to get it or people that have had COVID. Like, I think any discussion around any of this that doesn't also include, like, antibodies or natural immunity is not one being had in very good faith, especially because in study after study, it continues to prove robust. But I- Yeah, so that was Grady Smith's take on it. And honestly, I'll kick things off. I pretty much 100% agree with him on this. Um, I'm very... I mean, you, you from you guys know this from our private conversations uh, for the people that it makes sense for, like the most sense for, like especially older people, immunocompromised people. I'm very pro vaccine. I think there are benefits to a lot of people for the vaccine. I don't think the vaccine's necessary for everybody, though. Right. Like just if you look at the different age demographics um, and you treat them differentially about it based on what their ass- assessed risk is, I, I think that's really the way to treat this because is it really fair to try to say that everyone has to get this vaccine, even if they don't really need it and you can't, it's like that old adage, right? They're saying that it's not that you can't do something. We're just going to take away your ability until you comply. I mean, it's, it's kind of what this, this situation is. I mean, the, as much as people want to talk about the science, the science, right? The folks that are pushing this now are not really following the science themselves for them to be science trademark kind of folks. Like, it's like nobody talks about natural immunity, like Grady pointed out. Nobody is talking about how the fact that the vaccine, I, the thing that really drives me up the wall is everyone acting like, well, I've got this vaccine to help protect others and protect my family. Bullshit. No, you didn't. Because it's to yourself. It's to protect yourself. The initial thinking was that it was going to help stop transmission and stop you from catching it. But we have enough data now to show that it's yes, you still can catch it and it's not that rare for a breakthrough case to happen and you can still spread it. You just yourself are not going to be that sick from it, which is a benefit of the vaccine. That's very, a very good reason to get the vaccine. But at the same time, you can still spread COVID. 
And if you are just showing uh, your vaccination record from back in March, um, you theoretically could have a viral load in your nose when you're going to this show. And then the the unvaccinated friend of yours that had just got a test a couple of days earlier is actually a safer human being than all the people that are just showing their COVID vaccination card. I just, I, I don't think people are following the science as much as they like to pretend they are. I kind of agree a lot with what, what Rogan's point is on this, that if you're going to have, which I personally really don't agree with any of the mandates for it. If you want to go to a show, just go to a show and accept any, whatever risk there is, you know, but for like what Rogan says, is that the rules don't make sense. Right. Either it's, it should either basically be negative test period or no rules, because if you're vaccinated, you, that does not stop you whatsoever from giving the guy with a negative test COVID. Exactly. And even then with 72 hours, I mean, that's three whole days to catch it before you go to the show. Yeah. I mean, are you, it's more so to me, I, I kind of think it's more, it'd be, I guess it'd be borderline extortion to, if you want to go to two shows a week, you got to get tested twice a week, which is really probably too big of a hassle for anybody to do. So in a backhanded way, basically trying to force you to get vaccinated. Well, it creates another issue of othering people, right? Like you're you're separating the vaccinated from the unvaccinated and trying to create division and hostility of vaccinated people towards unvaccinated and vice versa. It's like when uh, not to get political on this, but when the president said it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I mean, no, it's not. It's either it's a pandemic or it's not a pandemic. It's a pandemic for everyone or it's a pandemic for no one. Like the reality is. The vaccine, I'm very pro-vaccine, but I'm very anti-mandate. I don't think you should be forced to do it. I think that you should have uh, bodily autonomy over what you put in your body. If you assess the risk and you think that it's worth it, get it. Awesome. But you shouldn't force people to get it. And you also, at a concert, there's a certain level of risk in every decision we make. Like, You know what the, the risk is going into the concert about possibly getting the flu season, right? You could you could theoretically easily get the flu in a very small enclosed venue. I just the part that drives me up the wall is when everyone wants to act like, well, I feel safer if it's a fully vaccinated show. Well, why do you feel safer? If you got the vaccine, you're good, man. Like seriously. You're you being vaccinated is not going to stop you from giving right. it to me or someone around you. You're very, very likely to be good. Not a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. look, everything you're in like everything the nineties, but yeah, everything's assessed risk, man. Like, yeah. I mean, you won't, you pretty much won't die. Yeah, you yeah. and you likely won't go to the hospital. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, might I mean, have a, you might have so, a average so, to bad cold at worst for yeah, most I mean, people. For most yeah, people, yeah, for most people. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I just hate everyone. I really do. I hate everyone. Um, <laughs> Everything has gotten even stupider over the last year and a half. Yeah, I just, I just hate everyone. Um, like. We don't go. We you don't go anywhere and say, "Hey, did uh, you get your flu shot this year?" No, we don't do that. I mean, we don't. But now everyone loses loses their mind if someone comes into work with the sniffles when it's thirty five degrees outside. God forbid yeah. you sneeze around people; they look at you like oh, you yeah, have to yeah. play. I'm man. just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just fed up with all of it. Um, yeah, and like I said, it. As you said, there's there's the science with a capital S, and then there's yeah. actual um, science. Actual science. Actual <laughs> science, yeah. Uh, and like I said, there was the whole, I mean, not to go too down, too deep down the rabbit hole. I mean, the whole thing was sold wrong. Um, it's a, it's a coronavirus. It's, it's not polio. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's a virus that constantly mutates. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a reason they say the flu vaccine, vaccine in quotes, is fifty to sixty percent effective. They just guess yeah. which one's going to be the and, most and, virulent. And to be strain. fair, to, to be fair, they typically make a pretty educated guess where they yeah. get it right a lot, but they don't always get it right. Right. And yeah, I mean, like I don't a, want I don't want to anyone to think we're spreading. Misinformation. misinformation quote unquote or vaccine fear because we're not like i mean i i personally am vaccinated with the pfizer shot like i have no problem with the vaccine but it was my choice i wasn't forced into it i get uncomfortable having to show my vaccine card not because i'm so worried about my health um records having to be out but i i just i i don't like the it's the freedom aspect of it i don't like having where does it stop 
Yeah, where does it stop? Like, I, I, walking into the walking into the concert venue, I don't like having to show my papers, so to speak, just well, to be able to see the, a show. And I am on the inverse of you. The only reason I have not yet gotten a shot is just because board members at my employer told me I should go get it. Well, so I'm like, no, just because you told me to get it, I'm not getting it. Which yeah. is probably not the smartest decision. It's just I would probably would I'm probably gonna get it on my own Wednesday, but. But I mean, because they're, it, they're no cards, longer in power. All it's cards, just, all cards on the table, though. Like you're a relatively healthy 27 year old who has already had COVID, so yeah, the no one way. wants to, no one wants to talk about the natural immunity aspect. Like, yeah, and I still have antibodies. I did, I did the yeah. test, and I don't remember the exact numbers. The and natural, natural, natural immunity is lasts longer and is more effective mm-hmm. at creating reinfection or uh, preventing reinfection than uh, than the actual vaccine. And again, let me repeat for the listeners out there who maybe are kind of turned off of what we're saying. I am fully vaccinated. I I have no problem with someone choosing to get a vaccine because I myself did. But the problem is spreading, as some people in the media's favorite word, misinformation about the efficacy of the of the uh, vaccine and making it seem like that you're doing it for other people. That annoys me because it, you're not. In the last thing, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. One of, like what you said with that too. It's like the venues are saying we're doing this because we care about your health. But yeah. if they no, they don't, they'll sell you 25 beers. They're not going to take your keys, to keep you from driving home. No. Yeah, exactly. If they exactly. really cared, they take your keys. I mean, they're or not, they wouldn't sell, or they wouldn't serve you the many beers. Yeah. yeah. They but wouldn't they ever will. serve you because they I, I mean, we all can speak from experience being at a concert when you probably shouldn't have another drink and they still sell you another drink. Like if yeah, you're I mean, really, but, to Andy's I mean, point, it. if you're concerned about people's health, you're not going to overserve someone. Yeah, they're just it. trying to, they're acting like they care. They, no, they don't. They clearly don't care. No, not at all. I mean, it's just, I, and now I want to get you, your guys' take on this. I know Andy is way more hardcore on this than I am from private conversations, but how do you guys feel about the, like, the, the data and the science, lowercase s, not capital S for the, the science trademark crowd, but how do you guys feel about just the idea of vaccine passports to get into the show? Well, um, I'm sure you've all seen the massive 2.5 million person study they did at Israel. Uh, they found no evidence of a priorly infected uh, and recovered person spreading COVID to another person. They have found evidence of vaccinated people spreading COVID to other people. Uh, so I take that for what it's worth. And Israel tried the vaccine passport and it didn't work. Yeah. People forged them. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, they, I mean, it, a black what, market opened immediately for anyone with decent computer skills and a good printer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't done this, just to be clear. I haven't done this, but I easily have the Photoshop skills to be able to, a minimum, right. make a negative test if I wanted to. I mean, even the vaccine card they give you, it's not like a driver's license. It's no. a piece of paper on a perforated piece of paper. But see, that's that's my <laughs> fear, though. That's my fear, though, is like... Where does it end? To Andy's point, because at what point do we go from having the vaccine cards you get at Walgreens to, you know what, you're going to have to wear this government issued badge uh, to show that you're not one of the unvaccinated, dirty masses. I mean, it's like I don't think it's going anywhere in the United States just because that law is getting struck down repeatedly. Oh, yeah. The, right. the mandate is yeah, already put on hold from the Fifth Circuit of Appeals at the moment. Yeah, it's, but It's not going anywhere. And two, I mean, just so we can play both sides of the aisle. Um, it is it it wasn't ever going anywhere on the left side of the of the ledger either because unions no. have a very objectionable case to that that it's not part of their collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, and you can't just renegotiate that without consulting them. I mean, yeah. so I mean, even teachers unions or and you know labor unions are going to bucket that just yeah. because. And 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 even even if you take somebody like Aaron Rodgers who has an I don't know if it's true or not. He says he has an allergy to something that's in the yeah. And I, gel I, have no reason, I have no reason not to believe that he has an allergy to something in the mRNA mRNA yeah, uh, vaccine. Yeah. So you know, if he did whatever holistic medicine he said he Dude, did, this is this is the problem with traditional media, though. Like, if you look at the sports media, the way they treated Aaron Rodgers, just because he one the problem that Aaron Rodgers had uh, was. He quasi lied. Some say he outright lied to the media about his vaccination status. But oh, they were the people, mad because he got them. 
Yeah. He fooled them and they got got and they were. Yeah. And they don't like that. But the reality is the NFL knew he was unvaccinated. The Green Bay Packers knew he was unvaccinated. I I actually implore anyone to go uh, listen to his interview with Pat McAfee. He describes the process for being an unvaccinated player. Uh, There's only two on the Green Bay Packers roster. And the reality is the daily testing that he can't walk into the building until they get the results back. He's theoretically a safer human being to be around in the facility than are the vaccinated people who only are subject to testing every two weeks. Like, I just wish we could move past the point of the vaccine. I did this to protect other people. No, you didn't. You did it to protect yourself. Um, I And also, where does it stop? Because when do we change the definition of what fully vaccinated means? When do we say, well, you have to at least have your third booster? I'm not necessarily know whether or not I'd get the the booster. I, I'd have to do a little research into it and talk to my doctor, which is what I'd recommend everyone do is talk to your healthcare professional. But I just like, I, I don't like the idea of having to show that stuff to the papers, but I, I think the, or to the venue, but I think the where I want to know your guys stand <coughs> on this is, are you willing to go to a concert no. that requires it? As of now, I'm not. So I'm not going to say in the future, if I, if, I'm not going to say no forever because things obviously things can change sure. or I can see or or until it's a I would say it's clearly a fully lost cause and this is how it's going to be forever. Yeah. That, at that point, I don't there's really no reason for me to not go. But yeah, I, I don't I, I think we're far from that aspect because it's the only thing that requires it. Right. Um, or, in, uh, in, more so universe. I know some sports universally, do, yeah. but it's well, not no, like, across in, the board. In North Carolina, yeah, that's the only thing that requires it right now. Um, if you go to other states, it's it's a it's a state and local issue, right? So I think like the Blues uh, do in St. Louis, and yeah, so I mean, like certain teams and stuff. The, are, the Carolina but, Hurricanes don't because you just have to fill out a health survey online prior to showing up to the arena. Yeah. <laughs> which what, what's the point of that it's just a hassle because people yeah. are if the, if they even have had some symptoms and they really want to go to the game they're going to lie about it oh, but yeah. but i mean look i'm this is where i am a little different than y'all i disagree with it but i've already gone to two concerts that have required it um i i like concerts too much man i mean hell we're on a we have a country music podcast here <laughs> like i I'm going to see, I've already got tickets. I'm going to go see Parker McCollum at the Ritz in January. Um, it's, it, I'm, I'm assuming the policy is still going to be there. Parker hasn't released any statements one way or the other. And honestly, I wouldn't care one way or the other what he did. I'm not somebody that's going to be like, oh, well, you said this. So this, you're getting political. I'm not going to listen yeah, to your music. I will say, I don't, I don't blame any artist for playing a show regardless. Cause I mean, you got to make money, right? It's your yeah, livelihood. I don't so. blame them. That's up. It's up to them. Yeah, I don't blame them for playing. No, yeah, I, I know a lot of people are going after artists and all that stuff. I, I don't, I don't really agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say like we've talked about this on previous episodes, but the hyper political uh, artists, whether it be a right winger or a left winger, because we have examples of both, they annoy me. Like, yeah. I don't really give a crap what Jason Isbell or John Rich have to say about politics. I may agree with one more than the other on some issues, but I don't really care, and I don't like being preached to by anyone. You know what I mean? I'm gonna. I'm going to make uh, my own decisions based on the available evidence. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, so-and-so told me this while he was standing on stage. I think I've changed my mind. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think this lasts much longer. Me personally, I really don't. Honestly, when you said the thing about when you were going to Parker and I asked you about it, I was really kind of thinking this was going to be over by yeah. now. Oh, and I want to publicly apologize you for snapping at you in our group thread. I was on some heavy pain meds from my wisdom teeth surgery, and I – was kind of cranky and in pain. So I apologize for being a little bit of a dick that day. I kind of thought like what Kyle said today is like, I thought that was over by now. I kind of was thinking that it was just, cause I didn't see anything. Nobody was talking about it anymore. I thought it was going to be done with. Yeah. You like know, when I, went to the, I went to the Facebook page for the show and it says nothing on it about on it, <sighs> on there about it. Well, what's Yo, funny. Let's go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was going to say, I also live in like a quasi black hole because I nuked most of my social media and I live a much happier life that way. Uh, so I, I do kind of live in a black hole that way, but like I said, I don't think much of this is going to last much longer. I think if you just look at polls, people are just like, eh, I got the shot. I didn't get the shot. I'm done with it. Yeah. It's just I mean, you get the hyper partisans that just, yeah, the folks that they're the folks that, uh, it doesn't matter what 
the data says they're not going to get the vaccine. Then you have the folks that are wearing seven masks and living the, they still stay locked up in their house because they're there. There are some people that are just afraid of taking any risks whatsoever. Yeah. So and most I, people I think are, are done. I think so too. Up. I mean, uh, they, a uh, good example of that is all the people that were preaching to us on social media last year out with no mask on being drunk at the bar now. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm like, well, what you do on Saturday and Friday is not really what you tell me on Tuesday and Wednesday on Twitter, but yeah. tw- Twitter's not real life. So yeah, yeah. I, was I, in, think- I was in uh, Denver this weekend. There is absolutely no rules there. As far as I can do, I didn't see a rule anywhere. Well, I mean, yeah. it's like there's a there's a live uh, like bar band cover bar cover band kind of like bar here in Raleigh. I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to by a small chance get them in trouble. But when they instituted the mask mandate again, like a month ago, you go up to the door and they're like, "Do you have your mask?" And you'll be like, "Yeah." They said, "All right." Once you get inside, what you do with it's on you. <laughs> So was that just the city of Raleigh or was that a state thing? It was the city of Raleigh. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it was our, our, our wonderful mayor, <laughs> our wonderful mayor here in the city of Raleigh decided that she was going to employ another mask mandate. But the catch was it's not going to be enforced by law enforcement. It's going to be enforced by education. So what that means would, was no one was going to follow it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, even like, <laughs> the what does that we, even we, mean? We went to a, a uh, Mikhail Buck concert. Oh God! Right in the mid, right in the middle of the height of the pandemic in Rhode Island. Yeah, it was like right after the first wave had kind of tapered a little bit before. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it was before Delta. So yeah. Oh, it was way before Delta. This was still 2020 because we. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was the like, summer of 2020. We that's there was right, like. Yep. There was like one of our buddies uh, was the only one in there. He walked in with a mask and about 10 minutes in, he looks around. He's like, well, I guess I'm taking this off. <laughs> yeah, my sister walked up. She was like, who's the weird guy with the mask on? <laughs> and it was Carter. Classic rock Carter. But no, like like Carter wasn't used to that, though. I mean, where oh, yeah, he had, yeah. had been living, it was a little different. You know, people treated the mask yeah. requirements yeah. a little differently in my in Raleigh versus um, yeah, and then, our hometown. Yeah, and that, I mean, with that stuff, I mean, like, well, you, this is why you don't need to do everything nationwide based because the farmer that lives in Wyoming who sees the guy at the feed store once a week isn't in the same risk as somebody who works in downtown Manhattan. Yeah. You know, I mean, no, so seriously. Yeah. So, you know, each people need to make their own decisions. That's and like I, ever, it, depending on your health history and your age, I mean, you should be treated differentially because I mean, um, according to the CDC themselves, I mean, uh, the flu is much more, much more dangerous for children, young children than COVID is. So, I mean, the idea of vaccinating your kids and making them wear masks, I mean, it, it, the, the cost benefit of it doesn't really make sense in my view. Um, yep. So but I mean, I guess teach their own. I'm not going to tell someone what to do with their own kids, but I don't think that the data or the science uh, no. points to forcing vaccinations amongst kids five to 12 years old. Yeah. And unfortunately, as this, the same vein of me that says, I think most of this is about done, it, it scares me when they start talking about kids because I think you see the irrational and the true anger come out of people then when you start talking about their kids. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I mean, the like, only thing that worries me about this. You're 100% right on that. I mean, I, I think it's a good idea for older folks, you know, 50 and up. I think it's a good idea for people with health issues. Sure. Um, but I mean, me, I was even on the borderline of whether or not I really needed it. I'm a yeah. relatively healthy 27-year-old, but I have asthma. So the fact that I have asthma, I was like, you know what? I think the benefit of me getting the vaccine is better than not. So I got it. And the way that I was told from the powers that be was that, oh, well, you're done now. I guess I was naive for thinking that was gonna actually happen (laughs) but i mean i i don't regret getting the vaccine i think the vaccine was i i I saw more good than than harm with it but i just like i said pro-vax anti-mandate i mean i don't understand how forcing people to do things is a good idea i don't either because my thing is that you don't want the government telling you to do this because it's good for you because the data also shows that most likely almost as effective almost as effective as the vaccine is not being obese be a cold day in hell before the government does something about that now yeah. one thing i just thought about though um if this episode goes on youtube we might get struck down pretty quick oh, <laughs> from yeah. our big tech overlords yeah. <laughs> yeah i think they just strike anything that says covid yeah and vaccine because you're spreading covid fear apparently but anyways moving right along into our main topic of the evening um 
there was a record that <clears throat> I sent over to the guys here on Country and Cold Cans a couple weeks ago. I want to say maybe it was three weeks ago, but it dropped back in October. It's an artist on um, Big Loud Records. And I know that for half of our audience, that might turn them off because they're like, oh, well, that's the pop country label. Eh, fair to say. But the Big Loud, I've never even heard of it. Big Loud. That's uh, Wallen, okay, Hardy, Jake Owen, Earn. All those guys are on that label. But I like those guys. <laughs> but uh so tell me more <laughs> a buddy of mine sent me this record uh, uh spotify link one night and he was like check this song out and then me and him both like we're talking about it a little bit we i listened to it the whole rest of the weekend i absolutely loved it um i had heard her name before and i saw that it was she did a she did a duet with hardy on his last record a rock i think she was on the song so close mm-hmm. um but ashlyn craft released her debut record for big loud called traveling kind and the the first song that I heard was the one, in my opinion, what is the outlier on the record? It was it was definitely like it seems like it was made for radio kind of thing. But then I got to listen to the rest of the album, and I was like, you know what? This is actually really good. Um, I I really really love her raspy voice. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of it had some vocally kind of reminded me a little bit of Morgan Wade in some ways, and but also it was just pretty organic. Uh, mainstream country in the way that it should be, if that makes sense. But um, so you guys listened to it. Um, what were your initial thoughts listening to Traveling Con by Ashton Craft? The mainstream part almost surprised me because I never even like that. Never even crossed. I didn't know anything about it before you said. Until you said that just now, I would have never even thought that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that's I, fair to say. I yeah. That I just yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I get um, I get like a mesh of early Miranda Lambert and Runaway June from yeah. her, and I love me some Runaway June, and we all know which I love Miranda Lambert. Uh, so early Miranda. I mean, who, so much, does, who doesn't yeah. love Miranda? Yeah, I'll tell true. you who the hardcore turnpike fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Andy, well, you remember well, the turnpike well, fan group we were in? They hey, hated Miranda. Hey. hey. Hey, don't bring it up. That's a sore topic. <laughs> yeah. they, are they, they're, they're not together now, right? Or are they still together? Miranda and uh, Evan? Yeah. No, no. That Evan's back with his wife and had a kid. They're, that's right. Okay. Married. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He left her for Miranda, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, that's uh, right. Yeah. Not, not for us. I'm not, house. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not big on the celebrity gossip. Okay. Yeah. That's not right. for us okay. to, to have gossip hour here on Country and Cold That's right. Yeah. That story was gossip. the most unbelievable thing I've ever heard. That was true, <laughs> I know. Like, I didn't believe it either. But uh, but it sounds like, you know, the update on the Evan Felker front, it seems like he, uh, all reports say he's doing really well. Um, he actually was on a Rhett Miller live stream playing some songs not that long ago. So Ooh, nice. good for Evan, man. Hopefully, it's back on the know, straight and narrow. Fingers crossed. Maybe we could get a turnpike reunion sometime in the future. I don't know, but that would be dope. Yeah, it would. But but anyways, back to Ashland Craft. Um, Kyle, I agree with you, man. Like I I heard I got some really big early Miranda Lambert vibes, both in just her overall presentation, but also in just like the subject matter. Um, with it being a a female singer, it wasn't like bubblegum kind of like Taylor Swift, early yeah. Taylor Swift kind of sound or or subject matter. It was more had it had an edge to it. And I think that's I think that's why I like Morgan Wade and also why I like Ashton Craft is like it's yeah. it has an edge to the lyrics and um it, it really kind of struck a chord with me so I wanted to send it to you guys so what were two two songs Andy that you kind of felt were like standout tracks to you on this album? Um, one it, it most to me it showcased your voice was uh, your mama still does. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't per- lyrically I don't know if it's not my favorite probably one of my least favorite but to me like the course of that song to me really showcase by far the most what i like about her voice right in that and then um make it past georgia grew on me quite a bit the more i listen to it the more i like it yeah i love that and one. also to me because i was asking you guys about this too is it for me that made me kind of that's the song that made me realize the whole album is very themed far as like the leaving aspect of it and i thought that song is what really kind of made me trigger that thought where I realized that. Yeah. Like, it, where, where you guys, like far as the subject matter is on how themed the whole album was almost start to finish. I actually agree with you on that because, um, between leaving you again, make it past Georgia, last $20 a day by day, let you fly. It all covers 
um, a theme of either leaving regret from leaving or having to let someone go and, or, or traveling kind is, is not that much different. And then I uh, was at highway uh, highway like me. Yeah. 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 Feature it, they're King. almost all basically the, almost the same theme for the songs. You yeah. could even, you could even, well, to an extent, I mean, mimosas in the morning is like a yeah, really thing. complicated relationship yeah. that you she's got going on with this dude. Yeah, you like that? You don't know if it's actually that they're they're drunk and hitting it off, or if it's actually yeah, or, that it's actual yeah. real love. And she's like, "Well, yeah. let's, t- t- let's it, talk about it in the morning. Talk yeah. about it in the morning, not not yeah. while we're down in whiskey. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna then we'll figure about the leaving part later. Yeah, it's like it's almost all. That's like to me in my head, I was kind of this is borderline a concept album. I don't yeah. think it is. It's no, just it's very, definitely definitely not a concept album. Nah, but uh, it's very that, themed. Though, that phrase gets thrown like out too liberally album. sometimes. But yeah, that's but like no, it's it, not. But it's themed sort of. There as is one a would be. there is a common thread throughout the record uh, yeah. for the most part. I, I get what you're saying. So, Kyle, what are two standout tracks for you from Traveling Con? So, I like Mimosas in the Morning, as I just mentioned. Because to me. Uh, that is the song that most reminds me of Runaway June. I just, the way she carries those notes. Um, and also, it's, I think it's the most different on the album uh, in a way, because as you said, a lot of them are talking about leaving or staying, where this one's like, it's not really a breakup song, but it's not really a love song either. A love song either. It's like, it, the name of the song that um on Morgan Wade's album, I believe it's uh gosh, I believe it's um was it matches and metaphors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of what it reminded me of. And so that I like that one just because I think it shows off her vocal talent really well. Um now the song with Marcus King, I don't really know what analogy they're trying to make. I didn't really I didn't put that in my top two. I just don't think a highway like me, I think that's I thought it was kind of throwaway. Maybe I'm missing something. It's I don't, kind of I like, didn't really get it either. Yeah, I thought it was just kind of like a lame. I mean, the song's fine. I just thought the be like a highway like me. I'm like, what are you trying to say here? I don't really right. know what that means. Uh, but the other one I, I pick, I, I like Let You Fly. And that one, I just That's like my the, third. Yeah, I just like, I just think it shows off her vocal talent the most. I mean, it, it kind of falls into you know the leaving part of the album but i didn't really judge that song lyrically i just i just like the voice in it the most well what i like about that song let you fly is like it's looking at it from the perspective of she's talking to her significant other or now soon to be former significant other and saying you know what like as much as i want this to work i'm i'm gonna have to let you go and let you fly um it's it's you can't hold a can't hold a wild horse down right so it's it's one of those songs. Um, one of the things, kind of pivoting back to mimosas in the morning, the um, you, I, I agree with you. I really like that one because I love the alliteration in the hook of the song with mimosas in morning because it's one of the. It's a hook that I haven't really heard used a lot. It's not like a very cookie cutter uh, no. hooked for the chorus, um, it, but it's just like it, it's kind of a fun song in some ways. Um, well, with, I, with the, well, I also like it because. You know, off as we said with the, a lot of the Morgan Wagon album, you don't hear a lot of these things from the perspective of a woman. No, no, yeah, it's not very "quote unquote" cliche in the right. sense of what people think they expect from a, a female record. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, women go through relationship troubles just like men do. But yeah, it's it's always interesting to hear that from a alternative perspective. Now, Andy, I I want to point back to one that you mentioned two of them actually like um you couldn't have picked two very different songs that i <laughs> that i uh have differing feelings about the one that the positive first uh make it past georgia i love that song that was probably my early favorite when i first listened to it um i'm not going to say that it's the deepest song from a songwriting perspective but the, the it works because she uses like instead of like naming guys names or something like um think like how kip Moore did and mary was, was the marion kind how he named different girls names and like what their personalities were and why or did or didn't work this one she named like the area they were from and yeah. she, she kept going through the list of like you know um dallas kind of had a way about him um i really thought we had a thing uh I even thought about a couple acres once or twice with new orleans and then it's like the the chorus it kind of does the same thing um 
and going into how uh, I love how it says I don't miss a thing about Mississippi, but Carolina keeps calling me because she's a South Carolina girl. So shout out. Uh, she, but it said, but she just can't make it past Georgia. And it's like, it works in two ways. Like one, she like, it's almost like she's having a hard time leaving Georgia because of the relationship, but also she can't emotionally get past the Georgia boy that, uh, I guess held her heart in some way. Um, it, but in the, then in the second verse, she gets to really talking about, you know, the, she takes it away from the, the regions as a whole, but to Georgia specifically and different things that happened throughout their time together in Georgia, whether it was being by the coast or being in Macon or the taking him to, or she took her, or he took her to her, his favorite bar. And then that's where, you know, she broke his heart. I, I, I think this song works in, in an incredible way. Um, especially coming from a mainstream record. And a lot of times I find too, when people generally use the a town instead of someone's name, a lot of times it comes off as kind of corny. Right. And this didn't at all. Yeah. So I, no, I, yeah. That was the, one of the other things, the way it, it really worked where generally when I've heard, it's not the first time I've heard like basically that song, but they never worked before. And this, to me, it worked this time. Yeah. It's not like I really tell you why it did, but it, it just does this time where, you know, that's what makes good songs good. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, the song that you mentioned that I really, I can't say that I dislike it, but I tend to skip it more often than not. I think it's the weakest track on the album is Your Mama Still Does. Sonically, it's, it's her, by far. It's her voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get that it's aspect just of voice. your point. I get that aspect of your point, but like sonically, this song sounds very Nashville. It sounds very pop country, made for radio. We're trying to get something to chart. And I understand like being, I'm a pragmatic guy, right? I think that, you know, it's kind of the Dirk Bentley model. This is the drunk on a plane uh, of this, this album. It's meant for mass consumption to, to try to get some recognition and some traction. So I get, I really would not from. have thought that I would have thought that would have been more of just an album cut that nobody really listened to. I think it was the single, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Make it past Georgia was a single. I thought. Well, there. I mean, that at this point, I I don't know which one was the lead single to radio. Though there were multiple singles that were released on Spotify, but I don't know which one was sent to radio. I, that would that I need to check to see. I think "Make It Past Georgia" is number one on Spotify. Far as well, that's count. for streams, but that doesn't mean it's the radio single though. Yeah, but who listens to the radio anymore? Surprisingly, more people than you realize do. I don't. I think the radio is awful most of the time. But, uh, but well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, t- well, I I agree with you, Debate. You can almost get that vibe as soon as the guitar. Mm-hmm. Cuts into the beginning of the song. You're like, uh, yeah, it's the like least a... country song on the album. Yeah, I don't care and... nothing about the whole song other than the chorus, where she almost basically sounds like Janis Joplin. <laughs> That's all I care about. Well, see, this is the one song I thought that her raspiness felt kind of washed forced. out in the mix, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, forced. Yeah. yeah. I was like, she can hold a note. Why is she sounding like this? Right. And I was, that was my complaint with it. I would yeah. say to what you said, Kyle, is I think Let You Fly is a lot cleaner in her voice. Right, yeah. This one to me is just like the dirtier version of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, you know, hey, it's a beautiful thing about America. We could both have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, that's not true. You, you're canceled for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like the two... Since Andy already mentioned Make It Past Georgia, I won't talk about that one again. But oh, the two, well, speaking of making it past Georgia... Do you think she's talking about Riley Green, our, our resident Georgia boy? <laughs> I, I'd, venture, he's, uh, I'd venture to say Riley that. Green's from Alabama. Well, yeah. he, always sing, oh, he always sings about Georgia. He's going he's gonna to hate sang, you for that. He, he sang about Georgia in one song. It was called Georgia Time, and he was talking about a girl that he met that also was from Alabama. But Did she's he another song Time. about Georgia on that EP? Got a lot of songs about Alabama. Yeah. Maybe, fuck if I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I swore he always sang about Georgia. So oh, sweet, man. terrible yeah. lyrics. No, you're you're just wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, damn. Just no. Yeah, but two that um I think that I really like, and it's I mean as we like to say here on Country and Cold Cans, sad songs make us happy. I really like Day by Day. Um, it's just talking about the the aftermath of a breakup, uh, doing what you can to to get by, and just as the hook to the song says, taking it day by day. Um, and that one, I don't know why I'm drawn to songs like that, but I am. And then the other one is Leaving You Again. I really oh, yeah. like... I, just, I forgot about that one. I, I just saw that on the Yeah, list. I, I really like Leaving You that. Again because it's like, it's almost like she's in a... It's not even that it's a relationship, but she's involved with a guy that she 
already left once, but keeps going back to for whatever reason. And she realizes that it's probably best for the both of them if they just call it off. But uh, she and what's the line in the chorus where it says uh, she really wonders what life would look like if she would no just stay going. Life, it is, yeah, ain't no telling what life would look like if I if just, I just stay stayed going, going the first, first time. time. Yeah, but here I am leaving you again. And it's, I, I kind of like that, you know, I, I'm having it's a it's a cool take on the whole I can't quit someone's your love is a drug kind of overused trope that has been used in country music she mainstream country a lot no but but yeah but the same reason you like your uh your mama so does is why i love leaving you again the the rasp in her voice when she goes like when up she high. does that ain't no telling oh, yeah, yeah yeah it's fantastic i, I, I agree with that that one's good too yeah that to was me, where i think it showcased it the best and in, in my view i to me the thing it's the same there but to me and uh your mama so does it's just longer it's just yeah, more seconds yeah. of the same thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the same reason why I like like Stevie Nicks and pe- vocalists, like female mm-hmm. vocalists like that, because it, 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 it pre her, or post cocaine. A hundred percent pre, pre cocaine Stevie. Yeah. Pre cocaine Stevie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally agree. Stevie post Circa is, was post Stevie, is very flat. Stevie Circa 78 or so. Like, listen, go on YouTube Midnight and type special. in. Type in uh, the live version of Rhiannon from 78. Yeah, Midnight yeah. Special. Yeah, that's yeah. killer. That was a fantastic well, rendition. About what year did Stevie get clean? I don't know. Off the cocaine. Oh, I have no idea. Did, did she? Okay. Is there a hard line somewhere? No, I have no. We just know that like by the mid-80s, her the voice mid-80s. was not. Early 80s. Her voice was not anywhere close <laughs> to what it was mid- in the late 70s. Early 80s. Okay. It was like 78, kicking ass, 79. Who knows? This is odd. Eighty is, I mean, massive change. Yeah, it's it's not the same. It's a crime listen change. to her vocally, but yeah, but like Stevie's voice, I, same thing. I love about Morgan Wade's voice is, and it's what I love about Ashton Craft. Um, it's just there's something very um, appealing and very just. I don't. I, I really like that raspiness in a female singer's voice. Where, where you, what would you think about like Janis Joplin? Because to me, hers would be a so, lot. It's a lot dirtier. It's, I guess, it's the, word the funny thing about Janis Joplin is as much as like raspy voices. I don't love Janis Joplin's voice. I think it's a little too it's, much. It's not clean. That and no. to me, I I mean, I kind of like I like Jan, like uh, Janis Joplin's version, uh, Bobby McGee. Right. Like that's kind of really like dirty. And to me, that's more the sound of uh, your mama still does. Well, see, it's I, what like I think dirtier what I, rasp. What I think I like about Ashlands and Morgan Wade and um, early Stevie Nicks rasp was it wasn't every single note whereas i felt like that when janice chaplin was saying it was like over the top not saying yeah, she was doing much. on purpose but it was just like it was it was overkill to my ears versus yeah. what theirs is like to me it's kind of like how chris stapleton is chris Stapleton objectively is a fantastic vocalist but it's the same issue i have with carrie underwood's music like carrie underwood is a fantastic vocalist and the same with chris stapleton is but i think they they overdo it sometimes with the having like the very screaming kind of sound of singing no it's impressive, over and but over and over like you don't have to do it again. that many times on a record. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that because, I, yeah, I don't understand why people do it when they can carry a note. It's 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 hard to do. I think that it just shows yeah. off vocal acrobats and yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's impressive, but it's like I don't need to hear it every song, every performance. Yeah. To me, it makes more sense in rock music is what like Chris Cornell can do. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It makes but more it, to me. It makes more sense in that genre. Yeah, if it's that kind of grunge style or, or blues had. as well, like the like Memphis blues that yeah. that type style. It make it just fits to me a lot better. Whereas done virtually what Chris Stapleton does. Yeah, done selectively in country music, it can really pack a punch, but it doesn't need to be done over and over again. But can't argue with that. Yeah, so I do want to bring up last twenty dollars, dude. I think that's just a shit kicker of a fun song. That song was okay. To no, me. no, that it, was not it, the reaction I was hoping for. Yeah, you both no. were quiet, Andy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just damn I don't it, Andy. Know. You didn't pick to up on me. The- <laughs> it, to me, I don't know. It, I don't know how. How old is she? I uh, don't know. I would venture to say she's somewhere in the ballpark of our age. Okay, she, so I, she's, I was probably she's probably a little younger. She's probably a little younger. Maybe our age, a little older. But I don't know. Just to me, I don't, what struck me is almost like Luke Bryan singing for all these college girls. It's like to me, it's like at some point, we probably should make smarter decisions than spending our last twenty dollars on alcohol. 
Yeah, but it's it's just a fun song. You I need, know, but you need songs like that. You can't. But be that's all... not fun. That's terribly sad. Yeah, this is Andy, th- this I, was if, the Daft Bar hit. On yeah, the album. That, yeah, that you know that's a fun song live though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it I is. mean, Andy, you say that, and then you want to you pimp out Co Wetzel's entire discography. <laughs> I don't this, know. That one just struck me as like I feel like we're maybe a little too old to be singing about this. She's not uh, even that old. Like, if you're over you 25, li- you should make smarter financial decisions than that. I agree with that, but you have become lame as fuck in the last two years. <laughs> you can't even let the, the girl have a fun song for concert. So, Hey, well, Luke Bryan don't need to keep singing about these college girls. It's creepy. Yeah, well, well, no one's disagreeing yeah. with you on that, but like... Yeah. I, so same thing. I, I, would, I would like to voice my frustration with Spotify on this one song. I turned off Shuffle on this album. Yeah. And for some reason, the first time I heard this song was today, refreshing myself. It just never played it. The All the times I listened through the album. And I was like, where? I had to make sure this wasn't, this was part of the album. And I was like, oh, it is. Why have I never heard this song before? Yeah. And I just don't know what Spotify does sometimes. Well, you know, the thing is that Kyle, Andy started listening to um, stock market podcasts and reading books, and now he can't even so he's, enjoy a, he's a, all about a them honky tonk song. <laughs> yeah, the stonks, the stoinks. Yeah, now he's all in crypto and diver- diversifying his portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> I did get him into crypto. Hey, I, I need now, to let's get be it. honest. Okay, need we it. need to rephrase. Crypto is for degenerate gamblers. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, I need to get into crypto, but yeah. So, but uh, and what you said about Spotify, I day by day, I have no recollection of that song. Well, maybe you I shouldn't have spent your last twenty dollars on uh, beer at the bar, Andy, and you should have listened Andy, to the album. <laughs> Andy, you know, I th- this one. I think Spotify might like be to fucking be, us. <laughs> this must be what it's like to get old, because I find myself constantly just not even remembering songs and. Information. I, yeah. Dude, literally. <laughs> Take this, case in got, point, the Riley Green comment I just made. Yeah, you were just like, had, he's a Georgia I, boy, really. Now he's from Alabama. Uh, yeah, I, got a, I just I, find myself completely just not remembering things. I can top you on even better than that. I, this one's almost embarrassing. I almost got concerned for my own health. I had to call my mom and ask her if I graduated college. <laughs> I remember that you graduated college because... We, I was going to have to ask somebody. I went and had to knock on his bedroom door because his mother, his father, and his grandmother were standing in the living room. Andy was still asleep, <laughs> and they were supposed to pick him up and take him to his graduation. Actually, I, I, I'm not far off of that because the night before we had the my graduation, you know, the actual graduation was on the day before the the big one that everybody does on the football field. Yeah, and I had went and got totally shit faced. <laughs> And you my spent your last twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I did because I think I graduated with like thirty. It's acceptable at that age in my checking account. And I woke my parents came back the next day for the thing at like eleven o'clock, and they were banging on the door. And I think Jordan walked in and opened the door in his boxers. <laughs> and I was still asleep in the basement. You know, like we had that townhouse. Yeah, yeah. And what was that? Mom, a sun chase? No, that was at Copper Beach. Copper and, Beach. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, my mom walks. She's like, "Hey, you ready?" You can tell I'm just hungover as hell. Like you were like, wait, what's today? <laughs> what's today? She's like, I don't know how you graduated. This is what you're like. I was like, damn. I went out there in that heat of May, just hungover as hell, wearing that stupid cap and gown. Miserable. Well, you know what I did? I I skipped the big graduation because at NC State. They graduated PNC in the air conditioner, but it's at nine in the morning. You don't even walk. It's too big no, of a yeah. graduation. You I didn't just want to do up. that one. So I just was like, screw that. I'm not doing that. So I yeah. went to my departmental graduation and my, it was at one o'clock. My parents were already at Tally Student Center where we were graduating. And I was late. Shocker. I was yeah. late to my own graduation. My, I didn't even have a tie. My brother had to. I didn't have either. A, yeah. My brother either. had to give me a tie as I was running in the building with the the gown unzipped, having to put the tie on just so I could get in line. I was like, yep. And I was like, this is the perfect way for me to graduate because it describes I was late everywhere. Class. I, I was didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I'm still late everywhere to this day. Yeah. Same here. You can, you can ask Bailey. It annoys her when we go somewhere. And I'm like, she's like, we're supposed to be there at four. I'm like, well, no, we're meeting D-Bear at four. So that'd be 435. That, <laughs> that means he'll be there around 430. So we have a good hour till we need to leave. She's like, well, I was like, well, how are we going to be there if 
we're just gonna sit there by ourselves for 30 minutes so i was like yeah we have time calm down but i don't like to be late it's like well 30 minutes late is on time for me looking pretty much yeah. i've yeah. i have learned from memes that logan's lateness is a culture that i will never understand it is a culture it's not that it's agree. that big for being late but my thing is i didn't i was not aware that so many people look like, i'll text them on the way i'm gonna go take a shower and i was like <laughs> Why don't yeah. we just tell them we're going to be late? Like, I yeah. don't see the point. It, it, just it, it, tell it, them yes. we're going to be because late. Look, you don't want them to talk trash any sooner than they already are going to. Yeah. So you just like, kick the can down the road oh, yeah. and let them get mad at you when you get there. Oh, yeah. yeah. The worst thing that ever happened in mine and Bailey's relationship was location sharing. And not for the reasons you might think. It's just, I would be like, <laughs> all right, I'm on the way. And she'd be like, you're still at your fucking house and I'll be getting in the shower. Uh, it's, it's like our buddy. It's like our buddy Clint's dad once said, technology is going to kill a player. It is, man. <laughs> All right, I'm on the way. And then they have 20 minutes later, I'm still at the house. I haven't even got off the couch yet to go take a shower. <laughs> so Dude, she's, I'm, she's learned me now. Now, if we need to leave at 930, she's like, we got to leave at 830. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. I, I remember um, it, I saw a meme the other day. It was very, very true. I felt it on a personal level. It said, me rushing out the door at 9.15 so I can get there by 9. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I had one eight o'clock or one eight, eight, nine o'clock class my senior year, and I would leave my apartment at like 9.05. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was a 20-minute drive across town. I'd roll up in there at 9.30 every day. My senior year at State, I had one class. It was my last semester. I was already kind of ready to get out of there at that point, and yeah. I was like, the it was a grad student that was teaching the class. She was real cool about it. Like the first couple of days, she would shut the door and I would just kind of open the door and quietly walk into. I sat in the front row, so I was like, everybody's telling me. I didn't. I stopped caring after the second day, and um, then after about the second week, she started leaving the door cracked for me, and I would look at yeah. her and I'd nod at her, and I'd be like, hell yeah, hell yeah, thank you. And then it's like I told her one time I was there early for the last class of the semester, and she looked at me. She goes, Logan you're on time today or in fact you're early what's happening i said well i figured i owed it to you one time for me to show up on time (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i remember when i did my internship uh i showed up showed up late like the first day or whatever and he was like hey man you just want to come in at like 12 i was like yes (laughs) yeah that actually works perfectly (laughs) yes he was all right just come in at 12 i was like fuck yes dude that i'm such i'm not a morning person at all i'm very much a, a night owl so it's like i can stay up with you as long as i need to but me getting somewhere early in the morning it's a struggle and that struggle yeah. is real yeah, when i got it's my first job about going west <laughs> it just yeah. that it, the time just keeps moving in your favor yeah <laughs> I know, awesome. I got, when i got my first day of my first job whatever my boss was like yeah you're not a morning person are you? i was like no i was like preferably i would prefer if you didn't talk to me to about that so we, we could arrange that. It's okay. <laughs> I need an hour to wake up while I'm here. Yeah, seriously. I need to get in, um, drink a couple cups of coffee. Um, and then then I'm ready to rock and roll from there, man. Like I'm oh. wide open, but I don't love those morning uh things where as soon as you sit down at your desk, people are coming to you for things. I'm yeah. just like, just don't give talk. me thirty give me thirty minutes. You don't talk to me. It's it's the same thing when you get home in the evenings. Like you you get home and you want to just relax, unwind for thirty minutes and then like, you know, like somebody will call you and you're having to talk to them on the phone. You're just like, Ugh. like, just call me 30 minutes later from now. <laughs> don't, don't. You just don't like me. talking to people, do you? Well, it, no, it's only no. if you really, you if you just really got look rid at of almost the entire day. No, if you're not really in the look, morning, can't talk here at work. I'm at work. <laughs> when I get off work, I, no, not right now. If you really look at what I said, though, it's only like an hour out of the day, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, everywhere in between or after is fair game. But so just give me, give me that saying, one hour. You're going to show up late for work, not to talk to anybody. And then while you're at work, answer the phone, talk to somebody all day. Well, people at my work love to talk, myself included. I mean, so there's lots of, con- we don't have walls in the office. So it's like lots of conversation going on. But yeah, well, uh, I can't tell you enough how much Country and Coke Hands we, uh, we very much recommend checking out Ashlyn Craft's new record, Traveling Kind, uh, from the Cloud Records. Um, fantastic album especially for a mainstream release. Um, you know, check that out on Spotify, buy the record, whatever, go see her in a concert. Um, while we're at it, make sure you go on over to countrycoldcans.com. That's countrycoldcans.com and go pick you up a country and cold cans neoprene koozie. 
See if it'll let me put it on the screen here. The background's messing up with it, so oh well. Go on the website, countrycolcans.com. You'll be able to see it there. Check out our Richardson 112 and Richardson 113 row pads that we have for sale. Help support the podcast. Let us be able to float the boat a little bit longer and keep bringing content to you here on uh, this podcast. So, Well, um, you guys have any closing statements before we wrap things up here? Yes, I have a PSA slash question for the world. I believe Hardee's has changed the way they cook their fries. If this is across the board, Hardee's has the best fries. Now, um, speaking of Hardee's, uh, I was told by a reliable source, a.k.a. someone who used to work for Hardee's, only the Hardee's in Roanoke Rapids and the one in Rocky Mount cook fried chicken. There, as of five years ago, there were 13 left in the country and two Excuse me. Two of them are from where we're from. Yeah. 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 And it's not like used to work there. And for clarification, for all you folks out there that are in the Carl's Jr. neighborhoods and the Hardee's outside of where we're from, um, he's not talking about like the filet or the chicken sandwich. He's talking about like bone in fried, fried southern chicken. fried chicken. Yeah. It's very few left. Um, like two piece that, white. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Gaston, North Carolina, Renwick Rapids, North Carolina. Both Rocky locations Mount. are in Rock Rapids, Rocky Mount and Matthews, Virginia. I know off the top of my head, all five of those okay. um, still have fried chicken. I don't think the one in, in by the interstate, I don't think it does anymore. No. The one in Gaston? No, no the no, one no. in Rock Rapids. Oh, yeah, okay. It's just the one on 10th Street by the Domino's. Well, that's a shame because I used to eat that at lunch breaks when I was back home in the summers working. Yeah, that was before the uh, Hardy's headquarters moved out of Rocky Mount to wherever they're at now. Well, they, yeah, they moved in 01. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be in Rocky Mount, but. One day we should talk about the North Carolina uh, chain fast food restaurants as a small segment because we actually have a disproportionate amount of solid fast food restaurants that were founded here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh. Well, for this episode of Country and Cold Cans, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle, and we will see you next time. One, two, three, four.